Welcome to the Connected Communication Podcast, the show which explores how much of communication is nature and how much is nurture, sharing speaking secrets along the way. I'm your host, Christine Molani. In the last episode, I told you I'd have a special guest with me this week. I'm joined by Blahim of Blah Blah English on Instagram. Blahim's been very supportive of me since I joined Instagram as Connected Communication. When we first connected, I was surprised to learn she was Irish because her feed was full of what sounded to me like perfectly melodic Brazilian Portuguese, like the Brazilian Portuguese I used to hear when I lived in Dublin. Welcome, Blah. Thanks for being here. Oh, what a lovely introduction. Thank you so much, Christine. Uh, I was delighted to find another Irish woman on, on, on Instagram. It, it's it's great. I don't know, like it, it kind of warms your heart when you when you when you hear the Irish accent, when you especially a woman, because there's a, there are some men on Instagram, but they're not that, that many women that you can connect with. And uh, I delight that what you said about my Portuguese as well. Really, really nice. Um, thank you so much. Now, now, now I'm all I go ahead. Go ahead. Continue, Christine. I'm after getting embarrassed. <laughs> oh, not at all. Not at, oh, you got embarrassed. Well, before then, I say what we're going to do today. Let's take an opportunity. No, actually, actually, we'll hold it. We'll hold it. She got embarrassed. Last week in an episode, I used a word which might connect with this, but we'll come back to it in a minute. Today, listeners, we're going to share some of our favorite Irish phrases and some of the ones we use often. We were trying to choose 10, but it was a bit tricky. Blas from Dublin and I'm from Dundalk. So we have some different phrases. So Lahin sent me some of hers. I listed some of mine and I've thrown in or included a few sent in by my Instagram followers and podcast listeners. We've got them all here in front of us on a, a table. We're on Zoom and we're going to pick and choose to see what we cover in about 20 minutes or so. What's left, we'll do in a future episode and include others you ask us to add. So feel free to find us on Instagram uh, and you'll get actually get a link down below in the show notes so you can find both of us or if you're in the community let me know there okay are you ready you choose first Blaine. okay so I'm looking at the list here and there's loads that are familiar but I'm going to choose one that I, I've never heard before and and let's see so number 26 here we have brush your teeth brush your teeth <laughs> so, <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> So literally that this actually came from someone that I'm in a WhatsApp group with who followed my podcast the other day. And I I, I saw it, the brush your teeth part. He actually said, wash your teeth. And that's what okay. he obviously must have heard from a parent for much of his life. And I have to say that I would agree. We used to hear it all the time. Go and wash your teeth. From my mother. Uh -huh. so that was it. You, you never heard that. So it's lit. It literally is, go and brush your teeth. This one is, is, is like, it, it does exactly what it says on the tin. It does, Ron Seal, quick dry. It does exactly what it says on the tin. What we said there, actually, listeners, is a quite a British phrase. It's from a, an advertisement from the 1980s, I think, about a, a paint that they used to use to seal wood. Ron Seal, quick dry and wood stain. Uh, a varnish. Uh -huh. yeah. Yeah. All right, brilliant. So let's go for another one. Okie dokie. So where am I? So I, I, I sent these ones in. Number 13. Um, we have a session or a sessioner. Yes, we do. A session or a sessioner. So what is a session and why does it need a sessioner? 
Yeah. So basically, like, I think we can't talk about Ireland without talking about the session. I think there's no crack in the world like the like the crack in Ireland. So I, I've lived in loads of different countries. I've lived in uh, Spain. I lived in Portugal. I live in Chile. I live in Brazil at the moment. And like the people are amazing. The, the energy is fantastic in each place. But but the crack at the session is, is unique to Ireland. So you go to an Irish bar anywhere in the world and you find like real Irish people, you know, and uh, it's there's something that I don't know is universal in in Ireland um, where the, the session is um, having drinks, uh, talking shite, uh, singing, uh, maybe a little bit of dancing. And then your sessioner would be a person that that like is good at partying, basically the person that can can last the whole night that can can drink you under the table or a person that's always drinking always out partying would be a sessioner absolutely yeah so we've got a couple of them in there we have crack coming in there as well so for our listeners who've never heard us say crack before it's not crack c-r-a-c-k it's crack from the irish language c-r-a-i-c and it means fun so on the session we have fun or crack and when there's a sessioner there, you know that you can be guaranteed that it might go on all night. I love a good trad session myself. So do I. So do I. I love any kind of session. Like as long as the, the crack is 90, as you say, um, I'm into it. Now, Now, as the years go on, I'm not very, uh, very good at staying awake for a very long time. Um, I have a few drinks and I'm already half asleep on the chair. But I did have years of being uh, quite a sessioner and um, my younger years <laughs> before the pandemic. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you most definitely on that one. I think we can't session for quite the same amount of time as the, the older that we get. But what else do we have in there? Let's see. I added in number 14, which you may not have heard or may not use. I don't know very much. This is a new one for me. Yeah, go on. Tell us. So it's a ham child. And we use this in Dundalk quite a lot. A ham child is basically an idiot, a dope, a bit of a gobshite. So it covers quite a few, actually, that we have. We also have idiot, gobshite and gombean in the list there. The yeah. ham child is. I would add gobdaw to that one as oh, well. Gobdaw, gobdaw. So gob, listeners, is your mouth. A gobshite is an idiot or a foolish, silly person, which is basically a mouthful of excrement. Um, but we, we it, so this is the thing now, and particularly if you're American listening to this, it's often thought that if we call somebody a gobshite that we're being really insulting. But actually, we use this sometimes as a bit of a term of fondness. I don't be such a gobshite. But to somebody that you love and you don't really mean that they're a very bad person. So it, it's not too, too bad. But the ham child is that. Yeah, it can definitely be a term of endearment. And, and like, I think the closer you are to a person, um, the more likely you are to call them a gobshite. Um, so, and I think that's really cultural in Ireland that we we take the piss out of each other, you know, that we, we like, we're always kind of joking. There's a, like a hint of sarcasm and everything. And uh, we're able to kind of give it as good as we get as far as, um, I, I'm not sure, I think this is Irish English as well, slagging. Um, yeah, we're, we're slagging. Awful, we're awful, uh, often sla- awful at slagging each other and 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 taking the piss out of each other and and making fun out of a, of a of a situation or a person. So, and and usually because we like the person or because we're trying to actually be their friend. <laughs> that's that's very true. And in fact, if we did it with somebody we didn't know, we probably hold ourselves back a little bit because when you know someone, you know how much you can push. 
You can slag them off, you know, things about them that won't actually hurt them. It just creates a bit of crack. It Sometimes it can potentially hurt them. I've seen it happen, all right. But yeah, generally, as you say, with our friends and, and the people that we love the most, <laughs> we rip apart. Exactly, exactly. We rip them apart. And the the like if you were to, to take two best Irish friends and, and, and record their, their conversations, you would probably think that they were worst enemies. It's <laughs> <laughs> very true. Uh, and yet they love each other so fondly. As a, a note, although they might sound like a bit of fun, those phrases, don't bring them into the workplace unless, as uh, we say, you have a good relationship with the person. <laughs> you don't want to say yeah, that one yeah. in the middle of a meeting. Yeah, and also don't use them with people that aren't Irish because it could be received really badly then because it does sound <laughs> does sound pretty harsh if you're if you're calling people names, you know, like that we might call each other a dope or an idiot or gobshite. Um it might it might be taken as offense, I guess. Absolutely. Good one. Good one. Okay, what are we going for next? Okay, so good stuff is something that I would say all the time. Good stuff. Oh, good stuff. What number's good stuff? Number 24. Lovely stuff. Uh, lovely stuff. <laughs> so we have good stuff and lovely stuff. Yeah. Nice. And what would that mean to you when you say good stuff? So if we say like good stuff, like a, like a, a synonym I would use there would be like sound, like a, like everything's fine or like great or brilliant yeah. or yeah, we have them here. Deadly sound, happy days, nice ones. Yeah. yeah. So I would use them all, all kind of interchangeably. Mm, definitely. And the, I put in there nice one. It, I'm thinking of my brother-in-law now. He's from the town of Dundalk and he'll often send us a message. Nice one. So there's kind of that yeah. longer vowel sound on it. And th- the the more intonation you give to this one and the longer you stretch the vowel, the better the thing is. So you can say, oh, deadly. In other words, that's great. Or deadly. It's really, really good. <laughs> Would that be yeah. the same for you? Yeah, absolutely. Deadly. Exactly. Even when we're when we're writing it out in a message, like it would, it, we would get about seven or eight E's in there if it was really great. So, yeah, absolutely. I would definitely do that stress to show my uh, enthusiasm about the about the topic. Brilliant. I love it. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> OK, let's see. What, have, what so, else have we got here? So two things that we were talking about before. So I, I guess we could jump to number 32. I don't be or I do be. That's something that like like as a child, my my mother would have uh, given out about uh, about using that that structure. But it's actually a structure that's that, that's very much Irish. Yeah? And like I, I do be like I do be always going to that pub or I, I, I can't think of anything with I don't be. Give us a, an example there with I don't. Be. I don't be staying out late anymore. I'm too old. <laughs> yeah. So when we say I don't be and I do be plus the ing. It, as far as I know, that comes from the Irish language. There's an inflection there coming in from Gaeilge itself. And what we mean when we say that is it's a, it's a habitual thing. It's normal for me to do this. It's not normal for me to do, the, to do that. Yeah, I don't be doing it. I do be doing it. Yeah, great stuff. I don't be watching. Yeah, I also heard before about it, it coming from the Irish language. Now, I don't have any of that information, but, but I heard that as well. Mm, mm, yeah. And then that's followed by one underneath it that definitely I know comes from the Irish language. I'm after seeing them. And this, I've actually had people correct me in comments and, and over the years when I've used this or I've seen people be corrected for using this. And I take great pleasure, I have to be honest, in saying they're not wrong. This is Hiberno English. 
which is a particular type of English in my on my high horse there, you know. But yeah, I'm after seeing him for for the English British English form. It would be the present perfect. I have just seen. Amazing. I'm going to add that to my my present perfect class. Absolutely. Like it's something that I use, but I never reflected on it. And like I, it's something that I, I like th there's things that I, I didn't even realize was Irish English until I left the country. Like uh, I remember my first English teaching job um, um I was teaching giving out like the student was saying that somebody was complaining about something. Um, it's number 18 there. And um, I taught the student oh, like he was giving out um, about whatever thing. And he was he was doing like a um, one week with me, one week with another teacher. And then the other teacher came along and said, like, what did you teach the student? What is giving out? Giving out means nothing. And I was like, giving out. Do you not know what giving out means? And I even had to go go back and look into it. I was like, oh, giving out is like not a thing anywhere else. It's just in Ireland. So, um, so yeah. Throwing in another one in there. That is, and that's a good one because there are some things that people don't hear a lot from some of the phrases that we're using, but others that they would hear quite commonly. And given out is definitely one. Oh, the teacher was given out to me. In other words, they were telling me I was doing something wrong. And another one there then is give us. So it's down at 20. Give us, as you said in, in the message, give us a shot of that. Or just give us, give me something. We, we, we contract it and we make ourselves a plural. <laughs> So it becomes from changes from give me to uh, give us a shot, give us give us a hand. That that could be a common one. Give us a hand, help me out with that one. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And going back to giving out, uh, one thing that like I don't know if it's common for you, but like something that I would say, like giving out stink. If somebody was really really upset and annoyed, and that they were giving out stink, you know, that they were um, angry, ranting and raving. Yeah, and that <laughs> makes yeah, me I think. think that's Irish, yeah. <laughs> It makes me, I wonder when I go into these phrases, particularly with advanced levels and higher, higher levels in, in a classroom or a teaching environment, I'll go and I look up the etymology, the background of the phrase, where it comes from, or I'll think about, oh, I wonder why we put stink with that. And what I'd be thinking here is, it might sound strange, but a skunk comes to mind. So giving out stink. So, you know, you like imagine lifting the tail of a skunk and spraying that smell. <laughs> all over the place i've no idea if that's the no that's literally exactly what like it's the the image of what giving it out stink is if that's <laughs> amazing i I never yeah it, make, it makes it makes absolute sense absolute sense and, and then another one there would be yoke and thingy jig and i would say thingy my bob oh yeah yeah absolutely that's right thingy my bob as well so a yoke a yoke is a special word in ireland i have a great reel on yoke actually on my instagram page I, I recorded it in my sister's garden, but yolk now, listeners, this is a very, very important one. It's not the yolk of an egg, not Y-O-L-K, it's Y-O-K-E. And do you know that a yolk, Y-O-K-E, is actually originally the yolk <laughs> or the thing that they used to use to stuff the thatch into thatched houses years yeah. ago in Ireland? I learned this when I was actually looking it up to do the reel. So this this stick thing that they used to use to push in the thatch on the tops of the houses was called the yoke. I don't know if that's where yoke itself then came from. But what does yoke mean to you or thingy majig or thingy mabob? 
Well, there's it, it like it really depends on the 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 context. So like I could use yolk to mean thing, like a like anything, like this this yolk that I have in my hand, whatever. And then um I don't know if it's just in Dublin, but like if you call someone a yolk, like she's a yolk or he's an absolute yolk, and um, that could be kind of derogatory in the sense of like that not a person that you'd want to be around. Um so, uh, I, yeah. And then we also have like if we add a mad in the front of it, also depending on the context, could be good or bad. We could say she's a mad yolk. Like in Ireland, I would say that like if you're crazy, when you say someone's crazy, it's usually a positive thing. (laughs) (laughs) Not necessarily a bad thing to be crazy. We love a bit of like a a bit of madness, you know. So like if somebody was a mad joke, depending on the tone, like you say, oh, she's a mad joke. Like as in she's really fun and she's amazing or like, oh, she's a mad joke, meaning like avoid that person. She she's trouble. So um, I would use it in lots of different ways. Yoke comes comes up all the time. That's a really good one. You make a, a couple of very good points there. And what I loved was how you demonstrated the difference in your tone and the intonation. So she's a mad yoke. You can hear that excitement in the tone of voice, that that joy, that happiness. Whereas you, well, she's a mad yoke. You hear the voice go down and that little bit of trepidation or fear. Well, be careful of that one. She's a mad yoke. She might be a bit of a session or two if she's a mad joke. <laughs> Sometimes. She might. She might. Usually they are. Usually yes. they are. Sessions are usually mad jokes. They are. Or they a mad thing. be or a mad thing. And that links in with 23 there, which was sent to me by one of my followers. She's working in a medical company, I think it is, in Dublin. I was a really cool and experience meeting her. I was actually out at a conference in Clontarf Castle and she said to me in the toilets, Oh, I follow you on Instagram. <laughs> oh, bro. Was, oh, my goodness. I was like, oh, is this really happening to me? <laughs> it was very, very early in when I did it. But she's been really cool in some of the stuff that she sent me. She notices a lot about language when she's working. And one thing in particular was that she recognized that compared to where she's from, which is Eastern Europe, where they're very direct, we are very indirect when we communicate in Ireland. So like we were were saying earlier on, if we know each other really well, we might slag each other. We might make a joke of each other. But if we don't, we don't want to upset the person or hurt them. So we'd be very nice and very indirect. And this is what she kind of said. They won't say anything negative, but then they'll say, oh, she's something, that one. And they mean that you need to be careful of her. But they're not saying it directly they're just saying she's something and you have to understand from the something would you have heard that in the same way yeah and I could also listen to it in in uh, in a positive way as well like you, I would hear someone say like that is something else you know like that is really brilliant and and, and on the note that you're saying there about this uh, indirectness of the Irish I learned uh, that again uh, when I left the country. I didn't realize that we were indirect until I left the country and things weren't exactly going as I had hoped because my indirectness wasn't working for me uh, anymore, you know? So things like, I don't mind. Do you know, like, where do you want to go? I don't mind. Like, I'm easy. Uh, what do you want to go yourself? Someone might ask you something. You might return their, their question with another question as opposed to just saying, uh, yeah, I want that. Or like, um, do you want a cup of tea? Will you have something to eat? Only if it's no trouble. Yes, I do want something to eat. I'm starving. My stomach is rumbling here. I'm absolutely Lee Marvin. Can you give me something to eat? 
it's it's rare. And now even at this stage, after years and years not living in Ireland, um, my family would sometimes get uncomfortable with how direct I have become. <laughs> I'm with you completely on that one. I lived in Poland for a good number of months and really I, I enjoyed the directness because you get what you need and what you want. But yeah, it doesn't work in Ireland. And you, you're going in now to the culture of communication. There's a great book called The Culture Map by a woman called Erin Meyer. And in, okay. it, it, she goes into detail and in all this. She doesn't actually go into Ireland, unfortunately, but I map Ireland myself when I'm going through it. But what you say there is very typically cultural, that when we go into house and someone says, will you have a cup of tea? Ah, no, no, I wouldn't like to be putting you to too much trouble. Our expectation is that they'll ask us again and they'll force tea upon us. So we know we're going to get exactly. it. <laughs> Whereas you go into a house in somewhere like Poland, will you have a cup of tea? Ah, only if it's not too much trouble. Do you want to or not? Exactly. Exactly. Cut to the chase. Exactly. What's uh, wh- where are we going with this? Exactly. And it's, it's only when you have these interaction interactions with people that aren't Irish that you realize that it doesn't actually make a lot of sense. Um, the, the way we interact with each other, but we understand it's a lot of unsaid words um, and, and, and being polite and, and trying to to not be exactly not be any more too, too much trouble like even down to the fact that we say sorry for absolutely everything you know we didn't hear you sorry we bumped into you sorry like sorry 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 if if i walk down the road to you in, in ireland and you bump into me i will 100 say sorry <laughs> even though it was my fault <laughs> uh, and like you wouldn't encounter that in other countries necessarily because it's unnecessary yeah you don't and that actually brings us to a lovely end because on this podcast, the goal is to talk about the nature and nurture of communication. And something that you just say there really brings in the nurturing in us to automatically say sorry when we bump into yeah. a person because you wouldn't want them talking. Oh, that's a that's a phrase to finish on. Oh, I wouldn't have them talking. So you make <laughs> sure you say sorry. The whole parish will know about it. <laughs> fantastic well we have covered a lot of different words today i hope you have well i don't hope i'm gonna say i'm sure you've enjoyed this listeners i have certainly enjoyed it how about you brian me too christina absolute crack thank you so much yeah incredible it was really really great and i look forward to the next one and and maybe many many more i think we could do an interesting one on things the irish don't say just as much as things we do Really, Christine, best of luck with the podcast. I'm sure it's going to be an absolute success. You're, you're a character in yourself and, and I wish you all the best. Uh, likewise. Well, I'm looking forward to doing a few more with you and having as much crack as we possibly can. To you listeners, thank you very much, as always, for listening. Please rate, review and share if you've enjoyed it. And until next time, Banakti Agus Buikas. And for those of you who are new, that means blessings and gratitude. Same to you, Brian. Thanks, Thanks for being here. Oh, listeners, I'm scarlet. In other words, I'm red-faced or I'm embarrassed. What's the one word that I said I was going to tell you about when we were talking? Scarlet. I talked about it in my episode last week and I talked about it at the beginning of this one. But Blah and I got so caught up having such a wonderful conversation about our phrases and our terms that I forgot to go back to it. This means I'm embarrassed, as I said, or I'm red-faced. You actually won't hear it where I'm from. You'll typically only hear it in Dublin, along the lines of, depending on where the person is from in Dublin, I'm scarlet for you. If you're from Dublin listening to this and I've destroyed your ears by butchering your accent, I apologise. I'm doing my best just to give an example. 
And one more thing before I go. I am, at the time of recording, planning a pronunciation and speaking workshop in Dublin for professionals working in English. So if you're a student studying English in Dublin, if you're a professional working in English in Dublin, whether it's working in a professional role, part-time role, as an English teacher, and English isn't your first language, this workshop will be for you. Numbers dependent, in a location in Dublin City Centre on Monday, April the 10th. DM me on any of my social media channels for details or go to my website, languagecouragecoaching.com. The link is in the show notes. I hope to see you there. Bon appétit. August Boyacus.